0: So last week, we went to the Word of God, and we we learned that Jesus reveals to his people the Father. The, the, the Apostle uh, Philip said to Jesus, just show us a Father. Remember, uh, if you look at John 14, 1 through 6, Jesus there says to his disciples, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in in me. Right. Uh, uh, he said, I'm going to prepare a place so that where I am, you can be with me also. Right. And then he says, uh, and you know, the way and, and, and Thomas asked a wonderful question. He said, Lord, we don't, he said, we don't know the way you need to show us the way. And Jesus said, I am the, the way I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And then, uh, you know, he, he goes on in verse 7, and he says, if you, if you would know me, if you know me, you're going to know the Father. And Philip asks a question, which I love, in verse 8. He says, uh, Lord, just show us the Father. And Jesus says, have I not been with you long enough, Pete, uh, Philip, that you don't know the, fa- the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He didn't say he was the Father, but he said that every attribute that the Father has is in Christ. And he's the way to the Father And he reveals to us the father. And uh, if you want to know the goodness of God, you see it through Jesus Christ. And all the bad uh, press that God gets about why does God let things happen in this world that are so bad and so evil. Instead of putting it where it's supposed to be put on people and sin, we put it on God. And Jesus came and showed us another way that God is good and God is good all of the time. But he was preparing his disciples, just like he's preparing us, that he would go back to the Father. After he died on the cross at Calvary, uh, he rose from the dead on the third day. And after that, he spent 40 days showing himself to the disciples, the apostles, and all those that would stay true to him. Until he was taken up after the 40th day and ascended to, to the right hand of the Father. We, we learn that last week, and it's vital. It's, it's very important teaching that you know who God is. And I want to say something as we go into today's, today's message: is It's vital, beloved. It's vital that you guys are in God's word. Amen. Because this is where you learn truth. And there will always be voices and, 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 and spiritual powers that are going to try to usurp the truth of God's word and the truth of who God is. And the only way that you can know what deception is, is for you to know truth. And if, if you believe that, that God has given us his word and is inerrant, it's perfect, it's right, then you trust his word more than you trust anybody who's speaking. Amen? That even includes myself. That's why I tell you guys, I want you to be in the word so that you can check what I say through this. This is your filter. Because today we're going to learn something. And we're going to learn about someone that you need to know. So Jesus came to reveal the Father. But he said, we're going to send you a promise. There's a promise that's going to be coming. And He's called. he is called the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever heard of the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. Okay, very, very good. So sometimes people don't understand the holy spirit how many of you can say i understand everything about the holy spirit there's a lot of things that are that are that are that we don't understand but the only way that we understand it understand him is through the word of truth and jesus in this next part the end of chapter 14 and into chapter 15 and 16 of john we're going to find out about the holy spirit who's called the helper he's called the advocate He's called the counselor, and we need every one of those uh, those attributes of God, right? And he comes alongside. He's a paraclete. That's that's the word, Parakletos in the Greek, and what it means is one who comes alongside of, and the Holy Spirit comes alongside of every believer, and he reveals the things of God to us. He comforts us. He helps us. He strengthens us. He, he embeds the, the words of Christ into our hearts and into our spirit. He, he makes you unashamed. You know, I, I see the, the, the worship that goes on here, and, and this worship is incredible. You know, today we, we, we celebrate at Living Word Chapel because it's a Super Bowl. Super Bowl, super God, right? And, and how many of you in here are, are rooting for the Chiefs? Just real quick. Rooting, rooting for I can't hear you. Root for the Chiefs. Rooted for the Chiefs. How many in y- of you in here are rooting for the Eagles? Anybody? Yeah, Eagles, yeah. We got a Pennsylvania right there in the second row, so you know he's rooting for the, for the Eagles from Philadelphia. Now, now all together, how many of you in here are not only fans, but you're followers of Jesus? Yeah. And that's our commonality. That's That's our common, that's our common bond And at the end of the day, let me tell you something. Those Super Bowl teams, at the end of the day, they can can hold up the trophy, the Lombardi trophy, but if they don't have Jesus Christ, they didn't win. And there's a lot of people on those teams who love the Lord Jesus Christ. And and the Holy Spirit brings people together. He he lets us really grab a hold of the fact that we are on the same team. So our sister churches that are are meeting right now in different places of, of our communities, they're on the same team. And, and we love them. And we should love them. You know why? Because God loves them. And they love God. And so we, we're, we should be people that are united. But I want us to go to scripture. All these things are going to come out. We're going to learn about the promise. The Holy Spirit is, is, was promised to the disciples. And, uh, and, and he would be the one that would baptize us you know, Jesus would be the one, when, when, when we trust in him, that we would be baptized uh, by, with, with fire and with the Holy Spirit. Fire purges, it cleanses everything. Did you know that? That fire will cleanse everything. So the, the, the Spirit of God comes and he cleanses all of our unrighteousness and he makes us different. And that's God's doing. It's not our doing. So let's go to, uh, uh, if you have your Bible, I want you to open it up. And if not, you, it'll be on your, on your handouts. Um, but I really want for you guys to, to really begin to hone in on your, on your Bibles. Uh, chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus talking to his disciples. He just revealed the Father to them. He says, this is who the Father is. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he says in verse 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. And we're going to talk about that. That's important. Put it in your pocket because you're thinking right now, Jesus came to give us more commandments. No, Jesus came to fulfill the commandments that we can't fulfill. He didn't come, he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. And so now he's saying to his disciples, he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I, I will ask the father. Okay, so he's not the father because he wouldn't have to ask the father if, uh, if he was a father. Amen. So I will ask the father and he, he, the father will give you another advocate is what the NLT says. If you have the NASB, it'll say another helper, you know, who will never leave you. Verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit. Everyone say he to me. He, he, he he is the Holy Spirit. So the, the third person of the Godhead is a person. Trinity. Heard the word Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Anyone heard that before? Yes. Tri meaning three, unity, three in one, three that are united. God is one, revealed to us in three persons. How do we how do we know that? We see it in Scripture. Right here, he's saying he is uh, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. Now Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the Holy Spirit, being the third person of the Godhead, will always lead us in in truth. Okay? The world cannot receive him because it does, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be with you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live. And that's important for us to understand. 40 days that Jesus hung out with a disciple. He said he had to concrete in them, I am really alive. Thomas, come here. All the Thomases, come here. I know you're doubting. Put your finger in the hole where I was pierced. You need to know that, that, that those holes meant something. They, I went to the cross for you. I went to the cross so that you could have life, but I saw also went to the cross so that you could have faith, so you wouldn't be doubting, so you could understand that I'm alive and well. And he did that with the disciples for 40 days, right? Soon the, the, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live, you also will live. When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. You want to write down on your notes, you might want to look at John 17, the high priestly prayer of Jesus, to kind of see that come to play. Verse 21, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. So here's, here's what we need to grab a hold of. Is that we have a relationship with God. And it's a love relationship. You don't have to do anything as a Christian. We do it because we love Jesus. And there's a big difference between that. And we're going to look at that in a little bit. The big difference between having to... And doing something because we love them. It's going to be Valentine's Day coming up. We're, we're close. Tuesday just for So you men will, will grab a hold of that and put it on, on your notes. It's Valentine's Day. I better take my honey something. Flowers. Pick the candy that you like. That you like. And you can share it. Right? And, and so as you, as you do this and you, you get together. They're, they're, the reason you're doing that is because there's love there. Amen? And there's a relationship there, and that's exactly what we have with God. We have a loving relationship with Jesus. Verse 22, Judas, not, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And that's important right there because how many of you know that, that the world sometimes is, is they, they reject the things of God. Any of your family members, your friends, have they rejected the things of God, maybe even rejected you when you started walking with Jesus? That, that, this is exactly why, because they don't understand. They, they, they don't see that. And, they, and, and uh, Judas is saying, why, Lord, why aren't you going to reveal it to them? They won't receive it until something happens in their hearts, like something happened in our hearts. Amen? Amen. Okay, so, uh, so Jesus replied, all who, all who love me... All who love me will will do what I say. My father will love them and we, we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me and remember my words are, are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who has sent me. The promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit In Acts chapter 1, it talks about the Father and I have promised you the Holy Spirit who would baptize you with fire and change your life. Do what only, what God could do. I got three advantages of the promise. Three, three things that, that we need to take away uh, this Super Bowl Sunday. Because it's Super Bowl, but we serve a super God. And God is always winning. And his people are on the right team. We're on team Jesus. Here's the first advantage of the promise. Love is a new motivator. You are motivated not by fear, but you're motivated by love. Jesus told his disciples, if you love me, If you love me, and then he continues, but let's just think about that. There's two motivators in life. The first motivator is love. And how many people do things for love that they would never do without it? If if I love you, so I'm going to go the extra mile. I love you, so I'm actually going to call you like five times a day. I love you. There's something happening in my heart that, that I love you. I mean, for our kids, how many of you stay up at night when your when you're young adult or your adult children are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and you stay up all night waiting for them to get there? Anyone ever done that before? Not, not, not first service. Second service does that all the time. Why, why do we do that? I, I do that because I love them, and I, I've noticed that when, whenever my kids are living in the sticker patch when they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing that that it seems like I love them more my heart goes out more love is a great motivator what's the second motivator that, that there is in life it's a, it's a strong motivator fear if someone tells you give me all your money and they put and they, and they just tell you that you're like nah I'm not going to give it to you especially if they're smaller than you but if they, right? Now think about it, right? I'll just pick up this rock. But if they have a three, three fifty-seven Magnum, and then they show you that it's cocked, and maybe they boom, boom, put a couple of cuetes out, boom, 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 like in my neighborhood. <laughs> then you cannot say, "Oh, my money or me." My, here, right? Fear is a is, is an incredible motivator. Now, now, which is a motivator that Jesus chose? Love. That, that's exactly what you need to know. If, if you think that you are, that, that God is, is going to torture you, if you don't do what he calls you to do, you, you, you're, you're serving the wrong God. Because God doesn't want to torture you. That torture went upon his son, Jesus, on the cross. He took that pain for us. He took that shame for us. And so if you're walking with, with Jesus today, and you, um, and you falsely believe that God is motiva- motivating you with hellfire and brimstone, you don't understand the gospel. The gospel is good news. And in Romans chapter 2, it says that the kindness of God leads us to repent. Repent. It is the goodness of God that made me turn around to a loving father. When I was living my life contrary to God, it was the goodness and the kindness of God that led me to turn back to a loving father who was waiting for me that ran to me once I took that step back as a prodigal. And he didn't care. He he, he didn't care what people would say. He does not care what what religious people are going to say about him. He's going to run to the people that run to him and embrace them and love them. Love is the greatest motivator of God. Love is what changes people. John, John put it like this in his first letter. Uh, first John chapter four, verse 18. There, there's no fear in love, but perfect love will cast out fear. Fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And so some people, of course, some of you Bereans, some of you the studious people are going to say, but, but, but pastor, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And yes, amen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because when you understand, when you become wise enough to know our Father who art in heaven, just by saying who art in heaven, you know there's no one greater than God. There's nothing that is, that is bigger than God. No matter what you're facing right now, it's not bigger than God. If it's an illness, if it's, a, if it's a condition, a relationship, a broken relationship, it is not bigger than God. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But I would say this. The love of God will cast out all fear. And so me staying with God in relationship is not a fearful relationship. It's a loving relationship. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only son. Why? So that we would not perish, but we would have everlasting life with God. Let's put it in Super Bowl terms. God so loved you, he wants you to win. And the only way you're going to win in this life is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in, in John 10, 10, he said, the, the, the enemy, the, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly, more fulfilled. Amen. So, so when you live your life, you're, you you're, you're, walking out this relationship with God. Now here, here's the second advantage. Not, not only do we have the, the love motivator, but we all have, we also have obedience, which is a new way to live. God wants for us to walk in obedience, amen? He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And we're going to look at the commandments in a little bit. God has always, always desired for for his people to obey him. In fact, when King Saul, he got in a hurry and he sacrificed before the prophet Samuel came. And Samuel was speaking for God and, and God spoke through him. He said, God desires obedience more than he desires sacrifice. A lot of times when, when we're walking with Jesus, he's, he's leading us to walk an obedient life to the Father. He wants to take all the garbage out of our lives. And it's him who does it. And when, and when you don't let that garbage come out, guess what happens? When, when you don't let that garbage coming in garbage will begin to be lived out, right? And God desires to come into our lives to change us from the inside out. And how does that transpire? Obedience. We start to obey the things of God. We, we, we start to, to, to follow his guidance, his leading We walk away from from immoral lies. We walk away from drunken lies. We walk away from gossiping. We walk away from those things, not because we have to, but because we love God. And because God loves us. And so you begin to change the way that you live through the power of God. It, it, I look at it like this. I always look at it like, like this. See, it's not even my love because my love falls so short. I, I asked the, the, the men's group the other day, uh, I said, how many of you love the Lord your God with all your, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind? And no one raised their hands. Can I tell you why? Because we all fall short. But here's what I know for sure is that the love of God is perfect. And he's given me his love. And that same love is reciprocated. It filters my heart. It filters my spirit. It filters my life. And I can give that love back to him. The love that he's shown me. Can, I can say, Lord God, that, my love falls so short. But this love that you've given me, I've never felt before. I'm going to give that back to you. And I'm also going to give it to the other people. When you say, I can't love them. No, you can't. But God can. And God can love the people that you hate... He can love them or or you can love them through God. Through the power of the almighty. How many of you, and I know this doesn't pertain to first service. It pertains to probably second service. How many of you have love that's conditional? Nobody raising their hands. What I mean by that is you're going to love people if they if they act like you if they kind of dress like you if they i'm not even going to go into the other things <laughs> but you know what I well, you know what I'm saying right you love people that kind of have the same mindset that's conditional love god god does not love us conditionally god loves us unconditionally and there's a there's a there's a man of God he 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 he's one of kind of my, one of my heroes because I've just I know what he went through in his in his walk with with the Lord and how he stood firm his name was Watchman Nee. Anyone ever heard Watchman Nee just raise your hands if you have. Great. Look for his books, wonderful books. He just he just was a was a just a pillar in, the, in 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 the in the church and the work of God and and Watchman Nee said this. He said the nature of God's love is unchangeable. In other words, God loves. That's who he is. Ours alternates all too readily. You know, think about it. Just Super Bowl. There will be people that are on the bandwagon and people get off the bandwagon. And you need to know this about your pastor. I'm a bandwagon fan, by the way. I don't support the team as much as I do the players who love Jesus. So I, I, I'll support different teams and, and I'll, because I just love the, the, the people that champion the cause of Christ. we got two quarterbacks, uh, both the Eagles quarterback and the, the Chiefs quarterback. Both of them love Jesus, and they represent him well. Uh, you know, we had another quarterback recently for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, out of Chandler, by the way, Brock Purdy, and he represents Christ very well. Those, they're imperfect people, but they love Jesus. So, so he, he is, 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 is writing. He says, uh, you know, uh, ours alternates all too readily. It is our habit to love God with our own affection. We shall turn, which we shall turn cold towards him whenever we are unhappy. And I know that nobody in here has ever said, God, why are you doing this to me? I mean, a week ago or a month ago or a year ago, you were like, oh, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. And then something really bad happened. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. God, why? Are you? Why? But that's not God's love. God loves me, James Reese, when I'm doing good and when I'm doing bad. That's what I couldn't find out about my, my father. That, that no matter where I'm at in my, in, my, in my season of life, that God will never abandon me. People will. We shouldn't, but people will abandon us. Amen? I just talked to one of my adult children the other day, and I said, you know, here's the thing, is that people will abandon you. People will, people will, will, will leave you. People will forsake you, but not God. And his love, his love, if you walk in his love, in that perfect love that cast out fear, then it doesn't matter what's going on Around you, because what's going on inside of you is good, and that's what Jesus is. Now, now, Jesus in, 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 in chapter 13 so it's it, it, chapter 13 kind of begins to, to, to uh, unfold where, where, where Christ is going to reveal the Godhead, He's going to reveal the Father. Uh, himself as the Son, and then the Holy Spirit, which we're we're learning about today. But chapter 13, it, it starts out by saying that that Jesus loved his disciples, and he loved them to the end. And then he did this. He 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 girded himself, and he got a towel, and he got some water, and he washed his disciples' feet. He washed. In other words, he he was exemplary of what God does. God serves us even though we shouldn't be served. And guess whose feet he also washed? Judas. And he knew that Judas Iscariot was going to betray him to the point of death. And he washed his feet and probably prayed over him. And that's the love of God. And then, and then in, in, right as he's finishing the, 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 that discourse, because there was no chapters at that time when Matthew was writing, uh, or I'm sorry, John was writing this gospel. There's no chapters. He's just writing, and the Holy Spirit's guiding him as he writes. Holy Spirit's breathing on him. Say this. Whoop, whoop, reminding him. And he's writing about all these things. That's exactly what, what, what the Holy Spirit, the, whole, the, the scriptures are. Holy Spirit breathed. But he's writing, and right at the end he says, he says I'm going to give you a new commandment. To his disciples, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will, this is good, will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You don't have to prove anything to yourselves. You're my children. You're my disciples, but you, you need to prove to the world. Don't fight amongst each other. Because that's what the people in the world have. The people in the world are fighting, they're bickering, they're talking about each other. They think they're better than each other. They say, My church is better, this is better, this is better. No! No! I love my sister churches, I love my brothers and sisters at other places. You know why? Because God does. But pastor, what if they talk about you? That's okay. I'm praying for them. So Jesus is telling them, I'm giving you this new commandment. And this is important for you to understand. Well, what are the commandments that Jesus gave to his disciples? Love one another. Love one another. Do what you do for Jesus because you love him. It all has to do with love because there is no law when you walk in Love. Love is above the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Hear, O Israel. God is one. First commandment. What is it? What does it encircle? Love. What's the, what's the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love. Let me tell you, there is no hate in love. There is hate In deception, the Bible says we can hate one thing and one thing only, hate sin. Hate what sin does to you, hate what sin does to other people. I think it's important for me to say, Matthew 5, 17, 17, Jesus talking, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to do away with them or abolish them, but I came to fulfill them. Something that you could not do. So now you can walk in me because now when you become a believer, you're going to be in Christ. Ephesians chapter one, you're going to be in Christ and in Christ, you can do what you, what you could never do outside of Christ. You walk in the the wholeness of what Jesus has done for you. Then he goes on. He goes on to the third advantage. And this is important because the promise is about him. The promise is about the third advantage. The Holy Spirit. He's my helper. He's my advocate. He's my empowerment. When I I have to be led away from temptation, when I have to uh, overcome the evil, when I do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. When I have a thought in my mind that is contrary to the things of God, I have to say, I, I say this out loud: Holy Spirit, I believe in you. I, that sexual thought that I have, that's not for me. That's not, I don't want that. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I believe you. Fill me. Fill my mind. Fill my heart. You see, there is a third person in the Godhead. It's not three gods, it's one God revealed to us in three. Persons. And, and, and as hard as it is for the carnal mind to grasp our spiritual man inside, leaps with joy because of the revelation of God that Jesus brought to the light. See, your spiritual man, when, you, when you're connected to Jesus, when you believe in him, your spiritual man is being fed. And you believe the triune God. You believe relationship with the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, "I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate, another helper who will never leave you? So that's important for me to, for me to understand. It's important for you to understand the Holy Spirit will never leave you. The Holy Spirit's with you no matter what you're going through. Have you noticed have you've been walking with Jesus Christ and, and you, you begin to do things that are contrary? Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that you feel very uncomfortable doing those things? Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is with you. And because he's holy, he won't let you get to a place that that leads you away from the holiness of God. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you in all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. Notice the emphasis on him as well as truth. He's a spirit of truth. I'm going to be talking a lot about that this year, but the whole, the whole thrust of this year is truth. The whole thrust is for us to know truth from God's word. This is why it's so important that you guys are not just Sunday morning message listeners, but your everyday Bible readers. Your everyday Bible listeners. You hear the word of God. You grow in the things of Christ. And the Holy Spirit will help you do that. The Holy Spirit is called the counselor, the comforter, the helper, the strengthener. He verifies the truth of God's word in our hearts and our minds. Jesus told his disciples that I go back to the Father. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, but he did not leave us orphans because the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit birthed Pentecost. The Holy Spirit birthed and established the church. And the church will go on because man does not build churches. God does. The church is not a building. The church is people. The ecclesia of God. Those that have been called out of the world to one common purpose. And that is to glorify Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're Asian or you're Mexican or you're Italiano. It doesn't matter. It matters that you have one Lord and his name is Jesus Christ. And there's three important things to know about the Holy Spirit. And we're going we're to dig deeper into this as we go through these next chapters. The first thing is this, in relation to his disciples, so in relation to us, the Spirit teaches. The Spirit teaches Here's what the Bible says. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, isn't that, isn't that amazing how Jesus represented the Father? Now the Holy Spirit represents who? Jesus. When the Holy Spirit sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So He he confirms The things that Jesus says, he's continually teaching you. Let me say this, this is important. When you read the word of God, you read it, you sit back, you meditate on the word of God, you you listen to the voice of God, and the Holy Spirit begins to move. Jeremy Camp, how many of you ever heard some music by Jeremy Camp? Wonderful Christian artist. He said this, when when you're reading the word of God, and and thank you, Jeremy, thank you, bro, for for saying that. When you're reading the word of God, you need to let it soak in and let God speak to your heart and then let the Holy Spirit work. Because when you read the word of God, it it goes deep down. It it will cut through bone and marrow. It will go right to your spirit. The word of God is the truth of God's word. It's the voice of God. But then the Holy Spirit will concrete it and, and then he'll begin to work. And the things that you were struggling with, the things that you that you that you could not do at one time, the Holy Spirit says, I got your back. I'm with you. The, uh, we, I talked to an individual the other day, and and, and uh, I could not believe the way that he was talking. It just like God just did a work in him, and he he said to 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 me and to the to the elders, he said, You know I, I started the, the 21 days of prayer on day four. He said, and I I started going through the the 21 days of prayer. He said, I don't know what happened. He said, I I got honest with God, and and I just let him begin to work on me, and and it it just changed me. I could not get enough of the word of God. I could not get enough of prayer. He said, and I didn't stop there. He said, I'm doing 365 days in in, in, in the word and with prayer through the daily bread. And I said, way to go, God. Way to go. Way to go. Because the Lord does what we could never do. Here's the second uh, thing that we find about the Holy Spirit in relation to Jesus, and so we, in relation to the disciples, He teaches. In relation to Jesus, He will always bear witness that Jesus is who He says He is. When people contradict and they say, "What about Jesus Christ?" I heard I heard a, a interview the other day on on YouTube, two very very famous people, and they're talking, and they say, "Well, how do you know that Jesus even even is alive?" And 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 what we know historically in the Bible and outside of the Bible, that Jesus of Nazareth, who's called the Christ, is a very historical figure. We know that. But the Holy Spirit concretes in us that he is the Son of God, God in the flesh. John 16, verse 7 and 8, we're going to look at this later, but we're going to look at it real quick. In fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate or the helper won't come. If I do go away, Jesus talking to his disciples, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, I did not know this at the time when I came to Christ back in 1996. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit back then. But I know it was, now I, now I do know it that when I was at the playground with my kids playing as everyone was partying around me, that I looked up to the sky and I looked to, the, to, the, to, to my children who were in the playground and I said, there's got to be more to life than this. It was the Holy Spirit that was working on my mind and my heart to draw me to the love of God. And the reason that I know that is because I'm not smarter than my friends. I wasn't better than my friends. I was worse. But the Holy Spirit had a plan. And he worked in my heart. And now I'm talking to you guys, telling you this. He's faithful. Jesus is faithful. And and, and the Holy Spirit will always bear witness of Christ. You don't have to be ashamed of Jesus You don't have to be ashamed of who you are as a follower of Christ. You have the boldness of the Holy Spirit that will work in you and through you. Because let me tell you something, your friends and your family, they need Jesus Christ. Here's the the third third takeaway. In relation to the world, and how we relate to the world, the Spirit convicts. The Spirit convicts. John 16, verse 7 and 8. In fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him, and he, when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. We were reading today, the elders were were reading with me in Acts 24. We we read before we prayed, and, and in Acts 24, it talks about uh it talks about when when Paul is before Felix, the governor Felix. And, and, and everybody wanted to hear Paul. But when Paul started talking, he said things about uh, self-control and about doing things that are, that are aligned themselves with God. And, and Felix said, okay, that's enough. And the Bible says that he was afraid he didn't want to hear anymore. And here's the thing, beloved, that sometimes when God is speaking into our lives, when the Holy Spirit starts to work, it makes us feel very uncomfortable. And that's a good thing. Amen? Amen. Let, let me say something that's important to you. The United States of America needs to feel a little bit uncomfortable. And let me say something else that's important. The, 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 the church in America needs to feel a little bit uncomfortable because judgment begins in the house of God. And so, and so God wants to, to work in each one of us. He wants to draw us into his love. And that love is going to lead us to obey his commands. And that command is for us to love people the only way that God could love them. And we need to trust the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is going to work in our communities and in our schools And in our families, because we're praying to the Almighty God for him to do something. And the Holy Spirit will do his part. And he'll bear witness that Jesus is with us. And if Jesus is with us, who can be against us? And we walk in the power of the Almighty. And then we win the Super Bowl.